I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello, everyone. Uh, Jeremy here of Sick Boy Podcast of the E1 Podcast Network. Uh, And before we throw it to this week's episode, I got a couple of announcements. Uh, Number one. If you are listening to this today, which is the day that we drop this, which is January, uh, Monday, January 8th, uh, we're going to be in Calgary this week. We are coming to Calgary. We're doing a live show on Thursday night. Uh, I believe the details are, I don't have them right in front of me, but we're going to be doing a live show at the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology at the campus bar there. I think it's called the Gateway. And doors open at seven o'clock. It's open to the public. It's uh, I think it's free for students. Um, do not quote anything I've just said as fact. Go check it out. Uh, we'll we'll have it posted on our, our Facebook page. But we're doing a live recording. We've got a sweet guest lined up. We cannot wait for you to uh, to come out and check it out. So if you're in the Calgary area, or fuck, if you're in Edmonton or uh, Fort McMurray, and you want to take a bitchin' road trip down to down to the southern uh, Alberta area. Uh, we'd love to see your faces, and we'd love to hang out and have a beer after the show. So come hang out with us. And then the other announcement, and this is a this is a huge one. Uh, this week, this Saturday, we are we're throwing down our big fundraiser, the Sick Wish Gala, uh, kicking off here in Halifax. It's uh, panning out to be a pretty bitchin' night. Uh, Bridie, my wife, she's planned uh, quite the party. And we are really excited to to launch this new thing that we're diving into, the Sick Boy Wish Fund. Um, we're going to be w- granting one wish to an adult who is sick, kind of like a kid's wish. And um, uh, if you are someone who is sick and you want to apply or you know someone who's sick and you want to nominate them to, uh, to have their wish fulfilled... Uh, head on over to sickboypodcast.com slash wish. All the info is there. We're still taking applications. Applications are open. This party that we're throwing in Halifax this Saturday is actually the, uh, it's going to be the launch of the crowdfunding campaign. So if you're also somebody out there who's wanting to donate and and help the cause to grant uh, somebody a wish, then your chance is coming up this weekend. So if you're in the Halifax area, you haven't got your ticket yet, uh, make sure you get it. It's going to be the party of the, uh, of the era, actually. It's, it's, it's t- panning out to be the party of the uh, century? What's, what? What? Party of 2018. Well, I wanted to go bigger than that. Brady said it's going to be the party of 2018. Yeah, because the party of 2019 will be the Sick Wish Gala number two. Uh, love each and every one of you. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Marnie is an absolute sweetheart. Um, she flew all the way in from Ottawa just to be on the show. And a little bit different this week. Marnie's not actually sick, but her mom, uh, her mom is. Her mom's dealing with some pretty scary mental health stuff. And uh, one thing I just want everyone to kind of keep in mind here is that 
Um, this episode is, is about Marnie's experience and the challenges that Marnie went through in, um, dealing with her mom's illness. So, um, well, I hope you enjoy it and fuck too much talking. I got to shut up. I'm done. Love you. See you on the other side and, uh, let's party this week. Welcome to sick boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick This week's guest is Marnie. Her mother has schizophrenia. Let's talk about it. Here's what I love about this right now is that like, okay, I, I, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound ridiculous, but I just want it to be very clear that this was not like, we didn't suggest this. This was totally on our, our lovely guest today, Marnie. Uh, uh, hello, by the way. Hi. <laughs> um, but you, you were recording in Halifax. We're back in our home studio. Toronto was a blast. Uh, we had a good time. It was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, was going like, to say, haven't uh, you guys been back dude, for man, a little bit? Like a, we've been back for that like a month we've ago. We've been back for over a month, but we're still just <laughs> pumping out episodes from Toronto. <laughs> I feel like uh, we've... Have we already had episodes from Halifax? Though? No. We, yeah, we probably had a couple. Oh, no, no, not no, at this we haven't point. yet. But, yeah. but, well, I'm up to date. Meta. Here's the thing. Is <laughs> not this is, now, this but is meta as fuck. Uh, but we're home. We're home in Halifax, and uh, we get a message from Marnie, who wants to come on the show. And your application was like, I'm in Halifax. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> I lied. Yeah, totally. And I messaged you. I'm like, hey, Marnie, come on the show. And you were like, I'm in Ottawa, but I'm flying to Halifax to be on the show. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, why don't we just like wait until you come home yeah, for no. Christmas maybe? And you're like, no, no, I being home is like kind of a lot, a little bit stressful. I'd rather just get a really quick visit in mm-hmm. and, and it gives me an excuse to come record. So you flew all the way from Ottawa yeah. to be here. Not that far though. Not that far. No. That's a quick flight, Ottawa's but close. it is close. But I think it's um, kind of a, a nice little segue here is the, the reason why flying home mm-hmm. is a bit of a, um, a lot or like a kind of, you know, not something that you want it's to, stressful. it's a bit stressful. It's stressful. And that's kind of the reason why we're in the studio today is to talk about your experience, <laughs> not in, in your experience with being sick, right? but rather someone who is sick in your family. Right. Um, yeah. And I kind of wanted to touch on that because the experience isn't of my own, but it's something that has changed my life it's forever. Affected you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's because my mother has been like diagnosed, not for sure diagnosed, but she's been deeply affected by this disease that is so hard to handle. Mm. And that is schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people aren't really able to talk about it. It's one of those diseases that you don't, you don't want to bring up. You're, you know, it's got a huge stigma. It's when you say the word schizophrenia, it's it's immediately like, like, Ooh, it's the boogeyman. You know what what the thing that I find interesting about it? I find, I find it interesting that I'm going to tell you because I asked you the question, (laughs) if you wanted to know if I found it interesting and then you didn't answer. And then I directly tell this, this this is something that should have been on the sick boy bingo is Every time Brian starts a sentence with, with, do you know what I find really interesting about that? Or, you know, there's lots of stuff that I find super fascinating. This is how I think about it. Yeah, exactly. Some shit like that. I just wanted to give you guys, I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to to poke fun at me. Let's hear it, Brian. What do you find interesting about it? I, I think that it's incredible 
that I grew up without really ever knowing anybody that had I was going to ask, yeah. And I and I think that the reason for that is because people never talk about it. Like if you I'm sure that there are statistically there's probably quite a few people in Halifax who And that's the thing. Oh, yeah. live with schizophrenia. And that's why I wanted to come on this because my whole life like I didn't even un- know how to talk about it yeah. to the point that I never did. I Nobody knew that I was going through this. I wasn't able to bring it up because I didn't even understand it. I was 14 when, mm-hmm. when these, it started when to become like a, started happening. Right, sure. What was that like when you were 14? Do you remember the first oh, moment sure. when um, you found out? Well, that's kind of the thing. Like Before I get into it, I just wanted to say that when talking about this disease, there's still a lot that I don't know. And I'm learning more about it every day. But what we're doing today is just kind of talking about my experience. So and, that's it. And how it's affected my and life. And that's, yeah. that's all that we can do here. Exactly. Unless you're a doctor on our show. <laughs> Which and I'm in not. In that case, it's like hardcore education exactly. hour. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but this is, and this is, that's all I want to know. Yeah. All I want to know, Marnie, and like all the listeners want to know is... What is the experience of a young woman who grew up in a household where her mother had schizophrenia? Mm -hmm. What was that experience like for you? So it started changing from, you know, the kind of stressful environments. I think if you don't grow up already having that disease and it's not already full blown from, you know, genetics when you're young, as a woman going through her mid fifties, early fifties, that's kind of when it switched. And there was a lot going on in our family that I think was a predisposition as to why she cracked. Mm. Like, like, that was stre- when like stress and shit. Extreme stress. When you say that's when it switched, like <clears throat> that's when it, it went it became, from, it went from, it went a, from a stressful to- kind of strict, you know, household to extraterrestrial. Right. To just like, Blown out of proportion yeah. completely. Nice word usage. <laughs> Extraterrestrial. Oh, no, yeah. it was. Yeah. Like, so that's just syllables. what it was. Um, yeah. So it kind of started out like, I think for every reaction like this, there's traumatic events in somebody's life that leads up to that stressful psychotic break. Mm. And that's kind of when it happens. So, do you remember what was going on oh, in the family? Sure. There's, there's a big story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my parents were going through... Cole's notes, please. <laughs> just kidding. No, no, just kidding. Spark it. Spark it. More of like the most detailed... Um, the parents were going through We've like an hour. a big divorce, let's just say. Mm. Huge. And... Um, like like a sh- like shitty big? Is shitty, that um, expensive company, family of 25 years, oh, yeah. split the assets right down the middle. They fought for everything. Mm-hmm. So I think that really drove the insanity of just having to, A, deal with that and losing part of your family and just being able to like organize everything that you need for court and all those things. That's when, as a child, I started noticing her going from a stressed mom to like, mom, those things aren't happening. Like that's not real. Can can we just like acknowledge for a second how crazy stressful divorce is? I mean, we we talked to Lori Brown uh, not too long ago and like her life was totally transformed by yeah. her divorce. And like mm-hmm. I, I grew up in a family where my parents separated when uh, I was 15 years old. 
and like to be together for for that amount of time and raise a family and no matter how long a couple has been together like divorce can be one of the most mm-hmm. oh well, it's like crazy think, think about heavy things think about any girlfriend you've broken up with mm-hmm. and and how like just overall most of the time that's a shitty experience. It's mm-hmm. never like enjoyable mm-hmm. to break up, break off a relationship that like was somewhat, um, you know, important to you in your life. It's yeah. like starting light your life over again. In exactly. A lot, in a lot of different ways. Like mm-hmm. Kyle and I have been together for seven years almost. Yeah. And like we have all, a house together. We have a dog amazing. together. And if, all those things that stack yeah. up. Like and we're not and even then, married. And but, then, but, and then add really business matter. to that and add like you you know, financials to that. Would I know? See? I feel you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't get married. I mean, I would really? never get married again. Really? No. You were married? I, I am. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. I know this. Sorry. I'm sorry. Currently, yeah, yeah. But and I, I would like, never do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible Fuck choice. Yeah. Yeah. No, but like, no, but I would never do it again. And like, Brady and I have talked about that where we're like, God, never again would we ever do this, you know? Like, mm-hmm. hey, do you want to start a life together and go into a mutual debt together? Yeah. <laughs> and on this point, there's like, lots of reasons why marriage is great. Let me, don't get me wrong. Oh, I mean, marriage is beautiful. Sure. the wedding. But it's like, yeah, so it's goddamn God, expensive. It's, expensive. it's really yeah. dumb. Just don't do it. Yeah. And that's how I feel. Like, <coughs> this thing that's happened in our family has dramatically changed my perception of marriage. Yeah, no I doubt. Bet. Like, forever. No doubt. I will, I am totally jaded by, like, marriage mm. i totally agree totally mm. jaded because seeing two people that grow their life together turn into absolute monsters mm. against each other to the point where my mother literally went insane yeah you know it's just not worth it i, I think it also depends that that it depends on the family it depends on the it depends on the yeah. the intensity of the divorce mm-hmm. too because like i like my girlfriend she um her like I I don't know the the situation surrounding her parents' divorce, but like they're still friends now. Yeah, it can be smooth. Awesome. It can and, be a smooth and, like, they process. Are, like I I am really I don't know if jealous is the right word, but like I'm envious of of their ability to like stay friends afterwards because my parents like I don't know if they'll ever 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 say another word <laughs> to each other in their entire lives. You know, yeah. and it's been over 10 years since my parents separated. So, I mean, I remember, I, I mean, we're, we're kind of wading into the waters of like, of like ending relationships and how that goes, yeah. how we go about that. But I, I remember when a friend of ours, um, um, Robbie, I remember he broke up with a longtime girlfriend yeah. and he put out this thing. It was like, yo, everyone's saying, everyone always puts, puts, uh, the word failure around the end of a relationship. Whereas, it's really like, I mean, in, in, in the best case scenario, it's actually a really great success. Like two people mutually agree that yeah. they're not being the, their best selves mm-hmm. when they're mm-hmm. as a, as a couple and they can, they can go off and separate in like a mutual with a mutual respect and go, Hey, let's go be the, the best version of ourselves. And that's the best case, yeah. right? Like yeah. in this situation, like my situation, it turned so volatile that the demise of my mom's sanity mm. was that my dad was trying to kill her. Whoa. That is a huge component of what happened. Which is like completely not reality. So, I'm assuming. Every single day for three years. At 14 years old. 14, 15. You're obviously, you know, aware and privy to the fact that, you know, mom and dad are going through a breakup. Um, the, you, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry to cut off your, your question, but. <laughs> Um, do you remember the oh, first God, yeah. moment There's, that like, I'm they, scared. I'm 100% Sorry, scared. just save your question, Jerry, for a sec, because I, I really want to... No, because it was a really pivotal moment Point? in my life when my parents 
they called me when I was at my friend's house and they were like, and you'll remember that forever. Come sit down at home. We have to tell you something. And I went home mm. thinking that a family member had died. Yeah. Right. And it felt that way when they told me what happened. But do you remember what happened? Well, of course. But for me, it's so different because I don't think my parents' marriage was ever a happy one. Like when I was five years old, maybe six, that was the first time they told me they were getting a divorce. Oh, yeah. And it didn't actually happen until 2011. So that was probably like 15 years after almost. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's rough. So the whole time it's like, what are we doing, guys? Like Mm -hmm. just and I know that they stayed together for us Mm -hmm. and I am extremely grateful for that but I know that if they had just cut it earlier on themselves would have saved them so much pain and difficulty and it just turned it just turned so so wrong so what what I was what I was curious to know was you know you you obviously are aware that they're going through this divorce but like how much of the the sort of like toxic energy are you exposed exposed to to at that time? Or like, are they trying to keep it sort of hush hush? My mom has never lived hush hush. Mm. She's always been eccentric and theatrical and always wears clown noses a lot, (laughs) you know, rides a unicycle to and from work (laughs) and puts on like a show in some ways. Like she's always been very proud of us and our life. And we've been extremely blessed to have everything that we have and our family. Like I love my mom. I really do. But the things that she has exposed me to are something a child should never have to deal with. Like what? So, when it all started happening, when it all changed, I was living alone with her and it was just the two of us. And we lived on a farm far outside of Halifax. Um, and so I was very sheltered in the sense that I was surrounded by everything that she was going through at every point of my day mm. for years. So when it all started happening, it was, you know, at first it was trying to collect receipts and documents and prove, you know, all the things that have been happening within the marriage and just to show the courts, you know, what you earned and what is yours and stuff like that. So it all kind of started as she can't find things. She can't find the papers that she needs. And that was extremely stressful. So I just kind of assumed, like I just kind of named it as she's having a midlife crisis Mm. kind of thing. And it went from not being able to find her things to, He's taking things. He's coming in. Things are disappearing. Files, mm-hmm. documents. The paranoia is kind of it's, wor- it's slowly ramping in. She's it's creating a solution in. for her ish, for her problem. But it's real to her. That's the thing. <clears throat> right. And then it went. Quick. And, it, it, and it, throughout this, like these initial points, are you are you like, fuck, dad? Like, are you stealing mom's shit? Like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> That's so like, I'm so glad you said that, because as a 15 year old girl, like I only know what I've been told. Yeah. I only know what she's telling me because she's the only person I'm with. And so I do take a a grain of salt being like, okay, mom, like, yeah, dad's the enemy. He's always been the enemy. And she's always tried to prove that to me. So I always tried to be like, to be on his side in a sense and just be like, yes, this sucks, but you know, what can you do? Mm -hmm. So when she started saying things like he's breaking into the house and he's taking things, I'd be like, well, where's the evidence? Show mm-hmm. me. What did he take? And she's so convincing 
that I believed her for a lot, for so long, to the point where she distorted my reality, <clears throat> where I didn't talk to my dad or my sister, in fact, for two years because I wasn't allowed to. So like you went with your mom, your your we sister live, went with your dad? Was that the sort kind of, of We all lived together on a farm and then when they split, my dad went to our other home. And um, I think that the things that my mom was facing was just too hard on my sister. It really affected her um, deeply. So she just couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah, she she wanted to live with my dad. It mm -hmm. was better for her health to leave. Mm -hmm. Is your sister older or younger? Older. Okay. Um, and I think she, because she was the first child, I think she endured things that my mother put on her m more so than I did. Mm. Like how much older? Three years. So when you were going through it, she was 17 or 18? Well, well, but she wasn't there, so she didn't know. But I mean, like as a child for her, she was deeply affected by the, the way that my mother treated her mm -hmm. and it affected her. But when I was a child, I kind of saw the way that my mother was treating her. And I was like, that's kind of weird because we have a lot of friends that have amazing families and I'm able to kind of see what not a normal because no family is really normal, right. but what mm -hmm. a happy, good parent daughter relationship is like. And I feel like even before my mom cracked, <laughs> Restart. <laughs> Even before she cracked, um, the way that she was acting with us wasn't how a parent should handle situations with their ch children. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, so just to kind of like, kind of like summarize that all up. Mm -hmm. um, basically, your, your your parents go through this divorce that's really uh, dragged out, and you know you're. They they separate and move apart, and you're living with your mom, and like your mom's slowly, a clown. Yeah, this slowly you're cycling to and from to work. Build. Yeah, quickly. Is there a moment where like you were like, "Holy fuck, this is like this is too much now." Like it it's just beyond the regular amount of paranoia that would surround a, a typical stressful divorce. Totally, um, totally. But I felt so bad for her. Because I could see it, but at the same time, I didn't want to believe it. I didn't understand it. And same kind of thing. Like I thought midlife crisis, like mm -hmm. I, I kind of was hoping, like I was like, she's going through so much. I want to be here for her. Cause if I left, she would have had nothing. Mm -hmm. She would have had nobody. Mm -hmm. And she was on a farm property with a ton of our animals. We had a lot of horses growing up and managing that by herself. I could not leave her. Like, she a rodeo clown? Sort of. Sort of. Got it. Got it. Farmer. Yeah, I feel like farmer was probably the, the closest thing that we could have. We made up. a clown joke earlier. It was a callback to the clown. Ah, uh, yeah. right, right, right. I don't know. I'm not familiar with callback jokes. Yeah, so thanks for introducing. No. Um, uh, so, so she starts to, you know, the paranoia is starting to creep in, um, and it, like, what's the like? How quickly does it progress from things like, well, I think your father's stealing stuff, to like, to you know, things like your father's trying to end my life it's hard for me to say because it just happened so much mm. so much within a day but maybe like weeks holy shit oh yeah. wow okay. yeah holy. yeah it went fast That's fucking quick it went super fast i was it, expecting you to say like two years maybe no like, two you know, years like was long. like i stuck around way longer than i should have for my safety and 
I just couldn't leave her. Like I just couldn't do it. I knew like as bad as it was on me, I only, I just knew what she was going through and I never wanted her to deal with it alone because you never know what you're going to get in a day. Mm. And I just, I would never be able to live with myself if something happened. Mm -hmm. So you like telling your dad this, like going to him and saying, "Uh, I think mom thinks that you're trying to kill her. Is that true? I didn't tell anybody for years. Is that true? Yes or no, dad. Circle (laughs) here. Um, She kind of brainwashed me in the sense that because all these things were happening to her and they were so real, it was always his fault, right? Because he's the one doing it. It's the divorce. He's taking Mm -hmm. our documents. He's trying to kill me. He's damaging my vehicle. So I get into an accident. He's doing this, that, the other thing constantly, constant, constant, constantly. And, um, we lived in an area where I didn't have cell phone service. Like it was out there. So if I went, not went along with it, but the more that I fought her delusions, the more difficult it is for me to live my life. Mm. Because when you try and tell a schizophrenic that it's not real, they're just going to get worked up. Right. What would you or do? You're, or you're, you, a, you're a part of the, or you're a part of the scheme. Like, was there like, was there any, I was ever never a, moment, a part of the scheme. So there was never a moment where no. you were like, this right. isn't happening. And oh. she's like, you're in on it. Oh no. I would yeah. always say, mom, that's not true. Like mom, that's, that's not <clears throat> happening. It's not real. But she would never ever think that I was a part of it. Did okay. you ever take the neutral path where you're like, oh, interesting. Oh, I see. Instead, you know, or, or even the, the, the inverse of, of what Taylor just said and, and basically saying, yeah, it's happening. You're, yeah, you're fucking right. I think dad's out there to get you. No, like, I never took dangerous. I never took either one of those Would sides be. because reverse psychology though. I used that when I was in school in high, in high school mm, and uh, and so. elementary on younger kids. It worked. It was I, every time. Yeah, it was like reverse psychology. It was getting candy and all that stuff. So Sounds like Well, that's the thing. And that's that's an <laughs> amazing same point. Thing. Amazing point because sometimes I would just take what you say and I'd have to just take a breath and walk away because mm-hmm. if I fought her, like I was going to get hurt mm-hmm. physically, maybe, or just mentally, emotionally. Like when you're in a manic state, there's no controlling what you're going to do, what you're going to say. There's mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. So in an area so far away from literally civilization, like I couldn't leave. I couldn't call anyone. I couldn't escape. Mm-hmm. It sounds almost like a horror movie. Setup, it was. It was a horror. To be honest, yeah, it's a I, pretty solid premise. And so, at, <laughs> and, 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 and at any point, I, I mean, obviously, I feel like the really challenging part of schizophrenia is, is. <laughs> Fucking Jon Snow over here. Yeah, I know. I can't. Like Taylor's little, cross-legged with a beer, spandex on a beer, and a and a fucking woolly blanket on you. Fur coat, furry yeah. coated. King of the North. Bend the fucking knee. Yeah, you're wearing a bear. You're having this like serious conversation yeah. about schizophrenia. Very serious. And I just can't. Like, <laughs> is there you, any? You look like a clown. Think. Uh, I beg to differ. Um, is there any? Um, what was the question I was going to ask? Hold on one sec. Always count down. I feel like the hardest thing about schizophrenia or or about being diagnosed with it is kind of like the idea that how do you, how does somebody who thinks that that an alternate reality is happening end up at a doctor's office believing the doctor that's telling them that something's wrong with them? And did that ever happen? 
She admitted herself once and it was because she was having pain in her body and that pain she believed was coming from a drone in the sky where the lasers were cooking her insides Whoa! that my dad had hired someone to follow us. Now, Does your dad have the power or capabilities to do this? Is your dad a James Bond villain? (laughs) (laughs) He had someone. My dad is Tony Stark. That did the IT for some things within his company. For real. Yeah. Okay. Like like cameras at work or something like that. Oh, okay. So this wasn't like a crazy leak. No, 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 no. Okay. And um, well, well, I mean, well, yeah, it's a bit it's of a leap. Crazy. <laughs> but like, it's a it's little a bit of a leap. It's like it's like a semi logical <laughs> yeah, leap. Yeah. And so she always thought it was this like tech guy, and I was like, mom, like, I don't even think drones exist yet at this time. Like at this time, that we could do that for, to you. Like no. Like anyway, it was just. She went in mm-hmm. and is this said, like around the time of all this, this was or? like the hype. Like this was like at the explosion point where drones gassing our house. She cut the power. She cut the electricity. We were wow. living in the dark oh, shit. in the middle of nowhere. Whoa. And um, she went into the hospital and I came with her and she said, I'm having pains in my stomach. And she kind of explained it a little bit to the nurse and at the desk at the QE2. And they were like, okay, um, we're going to put you over here and we're going to get your story. We're going to talk about it. And that's what she wanted. She wanted to, you know, tell them what was happening to her. She was genuinely worried. Like in her mind, she was having pain, whether Mm -hmm. or not it was real. Mm -hmm. Her mind was telling her she was having pain. Mm -hmm. So we're there for hours and eventually we're in this tiny room and I'm still like 15, 16, maybe. And I'm looking around in this room. We're waiting for another nurse or doctor to come in. And the tables and the chairs are bolted to the ground. And I'm like, Mom, why are why is everything bolted to the ground? Like, what's going on? And then she realized we were in the psychiatric ward. Mm-hmm. So they knew and they, like, kind of put us in there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she started freaking out. Uh, because originally she was telling them her story. She was giving right. them all that she's information. She's like, I'm here for regular yeah. pain. She's and like, like no, this is what's happening to me. This is mind. what my ex-husband's doing, all of this stuff. And Whoa. so they were just taking notes. And then they pulled me out of the room and they're like, so obviously I'm sure you know your mother has mental health issues. And I'm like, oh yeah, I know. And they're like, we're going to have to keep her here for a few days. And I... I was happy. I was relieved because mm. I, it was like finally maybe some like relief. Something or help might happen something. here. Yeah. Something might you know progress. But at the same time, I still was. I felt so bad and scared for her because seeing her face, like when she was admitted, it broke me. And I was still so young because <laughs> of the way that she manipulated me. Sick Boy Podcast. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts. Was this the first time that it kind of dawned on you that 
Okay, yeah, no, this is like clearly a mental health issue. Or or were you pretty like pretty aware? You know what I mean? Like, you know when it's you're so when hard. you're in something, so you're in the, the thick of it and yeah. like you don't even have it's so traumatizing and so stressful that you don't even have time to really pull out and actually like realize how how severe or how like real this this particular thing can be. Yeah. It makes me wonder, you know, when you're in this situation where, you know, your mother is, is saying the drones are in the sky and they're shooting lasers at me and it's hurting my body. And it's like, I feel like it's easy for me to sit here and say, well, if Bridie came in the room and started saying that to me today, uh, that I would go, Oh fuck, babe! You're you, you've lost your mind. I'm going to take you to the hospital now because that's <laughs> oh baby, I'm so that's sorry. That's fucking for crazy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, but but maybe like if it was this slow process, I don't know. Maybe it would be one that's of those things slow. where it's like that's, it's the slowness. It, exactly. It. You know, like my, my mom had a psych a psychotic break once. Really. And it was, but it was very rapid and quick, and and it, so it was very obvious that like oh shit, mom's fucked, fucked. up. Like yeah. we need to take mom to the fucking ER. But this slow progression of like stress to paranoia to, to like complete delusions and you're in, you're in the middle of it and you're trying to be a support for her and, and you're a kid and, and, you know, there's all this other stress that's surrounding the divorce and, you know, you've got the side of your father and, and your other sister's involved and your mom's telling you these things. It's like, I feel like, you know, it, it wouldn't be that surprising if that moment where you make the same realization as your mother, like, oh, we're in the mental ward, like the psych ward. Oh, I was stoked that, we were there. That's the, yeah, right. Mm. But was that was that a moment of of like everything kind of came into place and there was pure clarity, or were you you were like I was brainwashed. Okay, fine, we got it. I was brainwashed. Yeah, I was completely brainwashed mm-hmm. because living with that stress every day, and like you nailed it there, like. There were so many things that were happening that I was just trying to live with it myself mm-hmm. and also trying to help her. But being there, I was scared for her because she was terrified. Yeah. And a lot of being in the hospital for a schizophrenic, it's like, oh my God, it's the worst thing in the world. Like you think about what the role of the hospital is. It's like, well, most people go to the hospital because they're like, I'm going because I need some help. And they yeah. go there and it's like the emergency rooms filled with all these people who are yeah. like, I broke my arm. Please fix it. And then it's like. You go to the hospital as somebody who's a schizophrenic going for pain. And they take you they to take Abby you Lane. To the psych ward, they take you to Abby and you're Lane. going, wait, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I can't imagine that dawn of realization where somebody's giving you help. You probably don't think you need it. And it's something. You definitely don't think And it's you just need an it. alternate reality that's happening that isn't yeah. really mm. happening. Like, imagine you broke your leg and you go into the, the hospital and they're like, no, no, no. We're it's your mind that's you broken. broken. Your, your leg. leg is fine. Your leg is fine. Yeah. That would be fucked up. You're going into the psych ward. <laughs> that would be fucked. That would be cr- crazy. Right? Yeah. It would be, yeah. How did, so how did your mom react? So we went in. We, they took her there. And she had no control, so they took her there. And I went in with her, and she was there for a few days. And I was still 15 at the time, so everyone else that was in there was clearly very you know, psychotic or had some issues and mental health problems. And as me, I just saw my mom and I felt so bad because I was like, she's not, she's not this bad. Like she's not like them. That's what went through my mind because she had warped me in this weird way. So even though I knew 
everything that was going on with her was clearly schizophrenia. I helped her escape. And that was because she had brainwashed me that bad. Holy shit. How do you escape from the hospital? <laughs> it was honestly. This is a movie. <laughs> you were like, I called my dad. He deployed some drones. No. <laughs> drones shot lasers all up in that bitch. Gas diffused yeah. everywhere and she disappeared. That was good. <laughs> Your mom's um, like, hop on the unicycle. You're like, I'm on. Let's go. Is that a callback? <laughs> um. She was on her way to a, what's the test you get for pregnancy again? Pregnancy uh, test? Uh, <laughs> pregnancy <laughs> test? No, no, no. Not that one. Uh, a peep- I don't know. I'm bad with there? pregnancy things. <laughs> I've never been test? pregnant. You got Okay, she's got stomach pain. They go to take her in to examine her stomach. Pap smear? <laughs> Fuck. Uh, no. Uh, you're, you're really asking the dumbest fucking three. I know. I'm three, so like, fucking sorry. And and endometriosis? Uh, ultrasound. Ultrasound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo, yeah, they do that for pregnant yeah. women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was going to get an ultrasound on her stomach because that's why she went in from the pain of the lasers in her guts. Right. And the person that was taking us there, like leading us to the room, because you're supposed to be assisted the entire time. No. So we had left Abby Lane going down to get the x-ray. So at that point, someone has to be walking with you. And the person that was assisting us, I swear to God, had their own mental issue because they were just off in their own world. Was it like somebody who worked at the hospital? Yeah, someone that works at the hospital. Like a porter. A porter, exactly. But he wasn't even there. He was just like looking elsewhere. And she knew at that point, because it had been days, that was her moment. Oh, yeah. So she had been there for a bit. Yes. She got the x-ray. The guy was nowhere to be found. He was just- Oh, yeah, because they drop you off and then like they're they're supposed to come and get you. (laughs) Yeah. So they're supposed to come and get us and he wasn't there. And so she was like, get the car. Let's get the fuck out of here. And I was like, Okay. What's the protocol oh. with like b- with saying I don't want to uh, buy? Like, what are you allowed technically? Yeah. Once you admit yourself, like technically, you're supposed to stay. But because of the laws of having your own rights and freedom, like if you don't want help and you don't sign your rights away, like if you don't sign that form, that's like I am admitting myself. They are going to medicate me. This is what's happening and sign your rights away, then they can technically walk out. Right. Okay. So you, you, at the end of the day, if you were like, no, I'm leaving, they could, they, they have to go, oh, okay. I don't know because that's the thing. At 15, like, I still don't know. These are things that, like, Mm -hmm. I, Mm -hmm. I mean, of course you wouldn't know then. I wouldn't know. I would, I would, I would know nothing then. Yeah. (laughs) I think Jon Snow knows nothing, which is what I look like right now. (laughs) Uh, I'm assuming you guys leave the hospital and immediately go into a high speed pursuit with uh, the law enforcement at the hospital or something. Uh, Explosions, lasers, anything like that. Yeah, gas yeah. bombs. Yeah, got, got it. it. Got it. Got it. Got it. All of it. All of it. Uh, what do you guys do? You just leave and like drive back drive to the off, farm. Drive back to the farm. And then more of the and same. And continue from there? the craziness for ever. How like how long? Still happening. Oh, oh whoa! So like this is just like it's oh, just. Oh, she's not medicated. She is not better. She's the worst she's ever been. Whoa! Yeah. This is so, and this is how long ago? How old are you? Yeah. I am twenty three. So this was like seven years ago, seven or, or years. no, nine years ago. Seven, at least seven. So this is why. At the very beginning of this recording, we were saying how coming home is a very stressful yeah. situation for you. Yeah. Because I and never it, know what I'm going to get. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Are it, there good days? Not anymore. It's really, it's really bad. There it might be good s- moments. Sometimes I get phone calls and they're, they're not real. She doesn't know me anymore. I've lost her completely. Mm. 
Is she um, living on her own? Yep. She's totally alone. It's like the most devastating reality of my life. Oh my God. Yeah. And I've tried like me and my sister, we have tried, but as a child with a parent, your parent is supposed to take care of you. Mm-hmm. So <coughs> trying to convince the system and explain what's happening while they are, the parent is just like, no, 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 I'm fine. And the weird thing is, is the reason why I was so brainwashed was because she can also turn it on and turn it off. So for example, one day we were at the farm and she was freaking out about the lasers again. And the cops came because the police have been to my property like over a hundred times. They're well aware of who she is and what she has and all of that. So they came and she lifted up her shirt and showed them her stomach and there was actually bruising there. So at that point they were like, oh, okay, you're actually harming yourself. So now we can take you to the hospital Mm -hmm. because unless you're harming yourself or someone else, you don't have to go get help. You don't. You can just be crazy and live your life and not be medicated or treated. Mm. So they arrested her and she was freaking out. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Oh my God, this, this is it. This is one like I might, you know, we might get her back. And within an hour and a half, she called me off her phone and was like, I escaped again. Come get me. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, what do you mean? Come get you. She's like, I'm out of the hospital. Come get me. I'm like, what the fuck? How did they let you out? Like you literally went in there frantic and like manic as Mm -hmm. fuck like how do they not see that and she's like oh the doctor came in and told me that these police were arresting me for no cause and i should leave if i want to and because she's able to like flip that switch she's able to make it it appear as if like she Mm -hmm. i don't know if she is anymore because that's wild like she so so i mean if she can do that then there's on some level there's an understanding there's got to be some some subconscious understanding of uh, of that what she thinks is happening isn't real, right? If you can turn mm. it off, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, like, no, or, 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 not, she not least, or she at least is understanding that the world around her doesn't believe her. So oh, she, yeah. So she so she cops to them mm. and goes, "Okay, I'll play their game for a minute." She's a very smart person. She's extremely smart. Which she's, is so fascinating. She's so smart. And I don't think, I really don't think that she believes that she has schizophrenia. She thinks that everybody else thinks that she that something's wrong with her, but that they just don't get it. Whatever it is. Well, I imagine. I mean, especially if she's not medicated. I mean, I had a, I had a, um, when I was young, well, I mean, he's, he's still, um, has schizophrenia and it was, it was kind of a different situation in terms of, <laughs> it was like a very rapid, he was, he was this like incredibly, uh, uh, it was a friend of my dad's, um, who grew up in Antigonish and he was, you know, like one of the best hockey players in Canada and was like on a fast track to be a professional and was like this crazy smart, like b- book smart guy. And then all of a sudden, you know, like FBI agents are trying to, infiltrate his oh life God. and all this stuff and, and and his life just completely fell to pieces and you know this guy who was going in this one direction was all of a sudden going in this complete opposite direction and he my dad's sister he was like he was very good friends with her and then she became an outlet for his paranoia and she would babysit me all the time and he would call incessantly and like sometimes show up and like you know try to and be 
be spinning this story about this thing that's happening. It's constant. And I was like, I was so young. I was like, what's he like? What's he? What's going on there? And she's like, no, he's he's just not. He's just a little sick and blah blah blah. And I didn't know until years later. You know, oh. This is what was wrong with him and mm-hmm. this is his story and mm-hmm. this is what happened to him. Mm-hmm. And like and I had always known him as this like kind of strange guy. And it was like, well, no, at up until he was like twenty-five, he was the smartest guy around. He was the most athletic. He was on this like road to success. success. And then Ooh. this thing happened and and I think that's the most scariest thing about <coughs> schizophrenia, and that's why it has such a huge stigma, is because Nobody wants to accept the fact that they can't control their mental health Mm -hmm. and not being able to control (laughs) it is like, whoa, like it's terrifying. Mm -hmm. It's terrifying. One thing that I feel is really important to address here is that I, I have a, a pretty strong feeling that there's very likely a number of people who are listening to this and in their minds thinking, well, why doesn't she just go get help? Like, why doesn't, why doesn't Marnie just go find someone who can like bring them in or, or do something like this? And the thing is, is that, and I was thinking that for a minute, I was like, well, Marnie, maybe you can like, maybe you can do this, maybe you can do that. But then it, it, it dawned on me that, you know, Bridie has some, some, uh, people in her family that are, that live with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And th- these people have like, fucking sank super deep into their, into their illness. And to the point where it's like, holy shit, someone needs to do something like there needs to be help. And, and, and if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Bridie. Yet there's only so much you can do. There's only so much you can do. And, and it's not as like black and white as going, yeah, I'm going to take like, I'm going to take mom to the hospital. I'm going to take mom to the psych ward. I'm going to, I have like, I've done everything I could have as a child. Like I've contacted the schizophrenia um, department. I've contacted Abby Lane. I've told the mobile mental health crisis team and the police at the same time, come pick her up. I'm going to have her here. I want her taken to the hospital. She's a threat to herself and myself. There are guns and there are knives. Like I am not safe. What are the responses when you bring those things up? So funny enough, the officer beat me there and assessed her before I could have gotten there and said, she's fine and left. Mm. And I was in the street bawling my eyes out. Like, why can't you help me? Like I am at a loss here. Like I I cannot take her myself. Like I need your help. And they won't because in where we live, there is no psychiatric ward. Mm. So that's kind of the thing about the law in Halifax. That's why Halifax, I think, has a lot of difficulties in being able to manage this disease particularly because if you're not in the region of the HRM, HRM yeah. you're fucked. Yeah. You're so fucked. What would be so crazy is if your mom is actually totally fine and you're the one with schizophrenia. <laughs> oh, man. Well, sometimes I. Wait, how like, fucked so would that be? Like, you seen Shutter Island? Yeah. Do you ever trip out? Like, do you ever like? I mean, I feel like this is a good segue into the fears of like. Oh yeah. You yourself succumbing oh, yeah. to a very similar fate as your mother. You know, this is all very stressful, and and of course, yeah, you don't <laughs> Thank live you here for anymore. Letting me know. <laughs> <laughs> but you must have never thought but of this I, before. Never. I honestly, I I thought of that when you <clears throat> when you said that the police officer beat you there. Yeah. Like what? 
what I don't get about that situation is if he beat you there and he determined that she was fine, then wouldn't that make you fucked? Like, yeah. Shouldn't, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, right. She just that, turns and goes, saying, I don't believe it. You're, you're coming with me, little girl. Right? But like, <laughs> yeah. shouldn't that be the case? Like, no, not, I mean, them, no, it shouldn't be the case no, at all. No, no, I don't mean, I don't mean that the <laughs> yeah. case would be that Marnie's fucked. No, I mean, if, the case <laughs> is like, is like, if you're determining that her, she's okay, then shouldn't it was be wild. Right. Someone One of the others is off. Exactly. Someone is lying. The way that he positioned it was like he knew I had a plan because I have to have a plan. Like, of course you I do. can't get her in with, unless I have a fucking plan. Yeah. And he looked at me and he was like, you're trying to make her manic in order to get her in. And therefore, I will charge you. Well, he said that to you? Yes. Holy and I shit. was 15 years old. And he's like, I will charge you for doing that because that's against their rights. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. Like, fucking help he's me. Like, and then he's like, now you're definitely under arrest, like, little girl. He's just in the back like, car. bye. Yeah. And yeah. just left. That's yeah. crazy. Do you know how many drones and I have flying around this guy? Is there any sense of like, is there uh, any sense of just this particular person or maybe the police department in general just being like not I would not say competent in enough that m- or forward thinking enough I guess to understand in that moment I would say it was him because Ooh. he was just aggravated and didn't want to have to deal with it because mm-hmm. he doesn't have to deal with it if they don't come in on their own but the RCMP in our region they get phone calls from my mom every day mm. they have I like They've been around for over five years now. She's just five the crazy years. lady on the farm. And that's how she's known. Yeah. That's exactly how she's known yeah. in my neighborhood. Right. The crazy and it's lady like, on and it's the like hill. A, it's like a, to somebody on the outside, it might be Avoider, like, don't oh, go that's near. just her. She's doing her thing, but they don't realize the actual impact that it's having on the people that are around her. Our neighbors, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the, I think, and the overall importance of, of like sitting down and having this conversation today is, is like what those people, who are looking, who look Outwards. at your mom as like the crazy person on the farm? What they're missing is the fact that she didn't ask da- for this. But her daughter is living there, having to deal directly with this too. And like, although they may not be directly impacted by what the crazy lady on the farm is doing, what about you? And like, what about you? Oh yeah, your situation. I was directly affected. So like, and and to the point the, where I literally would not talk to my family mm. for years because yeah true of you out of the province talking to them, yeah talking to them got me in trouble mm-hmm. so to kind of like to kind of ask more about your experience with this too like i find that i've been sitting here listening to you talk about this situation uh, and i've been thinking almost in that like kind of horror movie mentality of like oh you're isolated at the farm it and was all so these crazy terrifying. things are happening but at the same time, I guess you, you, you're going to school and, and yeah. shit too. So like, what, what was that whole experience like trying to deal with like, you, like your everyday My life. life? Yeah. Um, I loved school. School was my escape. Yeah. Every day that I went to school, I just wanted to be there for as long as I could and socialize and be around people. I need people in my life. Mm-hmm. They are the reason why I am who I am. Like my friends, if I didn't have those girls growing up, I would not be here today. There's no way. (coughs) Because without that outlet, I'd probably be just like her because Mm. it was so real for her that it was real for me. Yeah. So like sometimes when she's absolutely losing her mind, like 
I'm scared for her and I want to help. I want to help see it and prove it and understand it. So when she's showing me things, sometimes like I would believe her. And like even my boyfriend at the time, there was one night when we were out on the deck and she had baby monitors in every room so that she could hear everything wherever anything was happening in the garage. And there was a noise. There was a clicking on a baby monitor in the living room. And my ex-boyfriend was like, what is that? And I was like, don't say anything. Do not bring it up. And she was like, go see what it is. Go, go. It's Ross. Ross was a worker on our farm. And he was part of the demise because she fired him and let him go when the divorce was like, kind of thing. And all of these things were happening in the midst, but she thought that he was in there trying to mess with the cars or the vehicles because he was such a big part of, he built our home. Like he was like a huge part of us. So she was like, take this gun and go outside, go to the garage. And if he's in there, shoot him. I was like, I'm not fucking doing that. Whoa. Whoa. She's going insane though. She's like, take the gun and go do it. Was she, did she hand you the gun at that point? Oh yeah. I took it and I went out there and I knew like literally in my mind, I'm like, I'm yelling. I'm like, this isn't fucking real mom. Like, mm. fuck. Anyway. And even if it is, I'm not going to shoot Ross. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go out there. I'm just going to see what's going on. Obviously I'm not going to shoot the gun, but I don't even think it was a gun. I think it was a rifle. It was freaking huge. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to see what's going on. There's nothing. The ticking could have been a clock, like it. It's, or a ghost. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah an entity. And of your some boyfriend's sort. there, but too. he. Not that he edged her on, but when you're out there, isolated, in the dark, in the middle of nowhere, in this huge farmhouse where the walls are cracking because mm-hmm. of the wood, like it's mm-hmm. it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like and for also, anybody, for anybody, not even a schizophrenic. He's like probably what, like a 16 year old guy who wants to be like, oh, don't worry, if there's any problems around here. I got you. Nah. He's the first one dead for sure. Nah. She was like, no, he's, ever not. Nah. <laughs> he's a bitch. <laughs> uh, well, that hurts so bad. <laughs> um, so, so, where, like, what's the, what is the current situation today? Like, you, you live in, you live in Ottawa. Yeah. You come home once in a blue moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your relationship with your mother now? Um, we don't have one. I haven't had a mom since I left and Mm -hmm. the countdown to me leaving was like, if I don't get out, like if I didn't have university, if I didn't like, I went to Carleton because it was the only school I got into that was the furthest away from where I am. Mm -hmm. And I applied, I only applied to three schools. So that was like the furthest one out of the province. I am going there. No questions asked. I'm gone. And counting down to university, it was like, okay, seven months. Like I can do this. Like I can do this three months, two months, two weeks. I'm gone. Mm -hmm. And now I knew when I left, like my chances of saving her deteriorated immensely. Like without me, no one's going to help her because no one can take that on. Yeah. Do you think, do you, because you said that you're, you're looking forward to going away to Carlton and yet you have the opportunity to go and, and live with your dad, if I'm not mistaken. But like you, you explained earlier that you didn't want to go and live with your dad because you felt like <coughs> if you left your mom, then you were kind of like putting her in. I this was leaving her, and I was dangerous place. Yeah, um, for me, it was like 
it wasn't an option because if I did that, I would have broken her even worse. Like so, she needed someone to at least just like, you know. So was it that like university was this excuse? That was to kind my of leave? that was my point where I'm like I'm done. You're I not going to hurt her I by can't. going away to school yeah. rather than moving out with your dad. It's funny you say that because the night before I was supposed to leave to university, I didn't get home till really late, and she canceled my flight. And I lost my fucking mind because that was my ticket Whoa. and she, I was gone. She canceled your flight, she canceled to, your, my flight. to Ottawa? Yeah. And she told me, she was like, I thought you got in a car accident. I was like, I told you I was saying goodbye to everyone in my life. Like, you're fuck. you just don't want me to go. And I get that. But I was so mad. Like, in that time, I was such an angry person because Whoa. I didn't know how to handle it. I couldn't talk to anybody. I couldn't tell anybody because doing that just meant like... I would get no support. Nobody wants to talk about this. So I lost my mind. I threw a lamp across the room like I was raging. And the next morning I was like, I'm calling dad. Like I've never called him. I've never been able to do that. I'm calling dad and I'm telling him everything because nobody knew. Your dad didn't know this? Nobody knew. Nobody knew what I, what was happening. Your dad never knew. Nobody that, knew. That she thought any of this. No. No. Through how long? Two and a half years. The whole th- the whole thing. So your relationship with your Didn't dad. Didn't have one. Not existing. Cut him out. Because of your mom. Holy because shit. of her influence. Because of her. And then and then and then you finally did? Yeah, I, that was the tipping point. And I was done. What was his He didn't understand. He still doesn't understand. Was he kind of like He was like, what that's fucked. Fuck? He like I flew him up to Ottawa or he flew himself up and when I told him everything we were in a car and he just started laughing because he just was like, what the fuck? Cause to him, this is like a brand it's a new joke. It's like, thing. are you kidding me? I'm like, no dad, you're killing her. Right. Like it's you devoid are, of your experience. Of- you are the enemy and you always have been. Yeah. So I called him and she wouldn't let me call him. She pinned me in a room. She locked the door and I tackled her to the ground. I was playing rugby at the time. So I like at that point I was just so angry and full of rage. You are a six, seven, 340 pound woman. It wouldn't be that hard, Marnie, but sure. Okay. Um, She's also I was trapped. Six, so I was just like, the only way I'm getting on a plane is if he books me one right now, because that was my orientation. Like I yeah. would have missed Rosh and everything. Like I was looking. That's primetime party time. <laughs> Come on, I mom. need that shit. Yeah. Fuck mom. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then I grabbed the phone and I called him and I told him everything and he booked me a flight, he got me out there and then he came and met me and I explained the whole thing. Mm. Yeah. So out of this entire process, um, what would you say your mother's schizophrenia has taken away from you? Well, obviously it's given, it's taken away my mom. Like I don't have a figure anymore. I don't have a role model. I don't have someone to look up to. I don't have holidays or any kind of celebration with family. Like it's, it's hard, Mm. but at the same time, like, this whole experience with this disease has shaped me into who I am and I'm a much better person because of it. And I'm so much stronger than I ever would have been before. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of why I wanted to come here and talk about it because as a child, like it is so hard to just look at your mom and think she's sick. Like you don't ever want to see your parent that way. So I just wanted to kind of talk about my story because I hid that from 
everyone. I buried that shit so deep because at that time, like mental health wasn't something that people really wanted to talk about. It still Mm. isn't something that people want to talk about. The stigma is so huge. So dealing with that on my own, I had to use my own ways. Like you kind of asked, um, like my friends were huge. Partying was huge. Like anytime anything erratic happened, I would just (coughs) get in the car, drive into town, get alcohol and drink with my friends and just try and laugh and pretend like that wasn't my life. And like, I didn't have to go home the next day and endure all of it all over again. Mm. And it still affects me. I didn't think that I would be messed up, but the only way, not the only way, because I'm sure, like, like you said, like, I don't know what's going to happen to me in 10 years, 20 years. Like if some, I try and live a stress-free life because I know how much the buildup can make a psychotic break. Mm-hmm. And you like you could be susceptible. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Oh, I am. I have a 12% chance minimum of getting it. Mm. And only 1% of people are schizophrenic in the world. So 12% out of zero, it's pretty big. It's not that big, but I don't know. There's a chance. It's in my yeah. family for There's sure. A chance, yeah. yeah. I, you, you kind of, uh, sort of answered it in, within there, but what would you say your mother's schizophrenia, the experience with your mom's schizophrenia has given you? An understanding of how important living life to the fullest is. Because kind of, and that's kind of how I fell in love with this podcast and you because of your disease. It's like you look at life a different way than most people and you look at death a different way than most people. After seeing how her life had changed, I thought that the divorce would give her a peace Mm. and it did the complete opposite. So now I try, I mean, some days are different, but I try to approach life in the sense that I am so blessed to just be here and be healthy and be able to do whatever I want and just live an optimistic life. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty optimistic. I think if I wasn't during that time, I would not have been able to survive it because I can't imagine what someone as a child suffering with like anxiety or depression or something like that, dealing with that amount of stress would have done. Mm -hmm. So I'm extremely grateful for that. And yeah, just, just kind of going through life knowing like at any point, I don't know what's going to happen to me. I don't know if my kids are going to be affected. I don't know if I'm going to be affected. Like, but talking about it is so important because Mm -hmm. if I had talked about it to my dad or my friends knew because they all took me in as if I was, you know, their sibling, but they were also, 15 year old. Yeah. Yeah. But their families, like, I think they understood that I was going through things deeper than anyone knew. And their families were absolutely amazing. Like they, they showed me what it's like to have that connection with your family. Mm -hmm. And that was so important to me. And I love them for that. But as a child, I think it's so important, like not to be embarrassed of this shit. Like this is you like own it like own it and talk about it and just try not to bottle it up because if you do like you may never get to the other side Mm. i'm i don't think i will ever get to the other side with her like she is never going to get do you do you ever feel like any sense of 
resentment in terms of like you were maybe robbed is the wrong word, but like you didn't get to experience some sense of your childhood or your like adolescence that was, you know, like, you know, like kind of like you said, you, you, you had friends and you kind of got to, su- you, you got to see what mm-hmm. that quote unquote normal mm-hmm. kind of thing was. Did, do you, do you ever get any resentment that you didn't really get that? No, not now. Then for sure. Because everyone in Halifax is so amazing and they're so close with their families. A lot of my friends and they have that. And whenever the holiday is or anything like that comes around, I'm like, fuck this. Like, I just want to like chill in my bed. But at that time I was so young that I was angry and I resented her. And it was really hard at times for me to like take a step back and be like, this isn't her. This is not her. This is the illness. And I I think it's that I I honestly think that that's a really important point just to bring up important as we like wrap this up to just say that we just spent an hour. Has it been that long? Yeah. Yeah. We just spent an hour talking about your experience with, your mom. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's a very, it's, it's very much of of a conversation where there's, we're pointing out things that your mom did or that your mom said, but it's or not that her. But that's the thing. Right. And that's that, the like thing. your mom's not the bad guy. No, Before this, she was my mom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this illness and the things that have happened to her, like that's just the demise of who she is. She's not who she was. Yeah. And that's, what schizophrenia does to you. Exactly. And that's why talking about it and understanding it and kind of conceptualizing it is so key as a child of a schizophrenic. Yeah. Because if I had done something or like just really pinpointed everything and compiled all that evidence and done something with it, maybe she would be better by now. Yeah. But because I didn't, I have no hope in hell. Yeah. So there's no, you don't, you don't hold out any hope that, you know, maybe one day for, for she might, you know, recently she went in on in her own. She went into the hospital on her own recently and she was there all day and they didn't see her because they were too busy. Hmm. So oh, that's just God. kind of an example of how yeah, the system, system, the is, system is flawed because in her file, she, like she's gone in twice recently in her file, it shows that she had laser you know, she had thoughts of lasers and she had a doctor tell her a few weeks ago that, yes, you do have delusions. Like I can tell from talking to you within this 10 minute period and you should seek help. Like we can help you. And she said no. And she left, mm-hmm. but she went back after that because she knows that there's something Something's that doesn't up. feel right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there must be some, there must be some desire on your part that like you might get to meet your mom again someday. It won't happen. You don't think? No. No, all never I think never. about, no, you never know. You never know. Cause With this uh, disease, just to say, if you don't get medication within the first year, it's been seven years. If you don't get treated within the first year, it's a, it's a steep slope down. Mm, right. And even if you do the chances of a hundred percent success rate or those things going away is so slim. Right. And I, I don't even expect that. I don't, I don't, I don't need that. I just, I want her to find peace. Mm. And, and I, like, if I could get anything out of this episode, it would be for anyone else who kind of endured a similar situation like this with a parent to just 
reach out and like not be afraid and do what you can. And because I didn't know anybody else with it. Right. Mm. Because you can't talk about it. It's like, how am I the only person that I know? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like who else? Someone else has to. Mm-hmm. But, but you because, said it's, you said like one one percent one percent of people have so that's one in a hundred yeah you know like the there's a yeah. lot of people in yeah. Halifax who how many Facebook friends they have and yeah. you, you know, guys like, with this podcast like finding you was like holy shit mm-hmm. finally you guys have the balls to talk about the shit nobody wants to talk about and that is why I was like I am flying down and we are <laughs> having this conversation we're, we're just asking the question it's like people yeah. like you who have the the I've wanted, figurative balls to, I've talk, wanted about to talk about it. I've tried because I thought, you know, someone else has got to have some kind of experience like me and maybe they've gotten the help that they need. Mm-hmm. So like maybe they might be able to give me advice or something. And I've tried that through Facebook or whatever, but obviously it's just way more than that. Mm-hmm. Well, Marnie, thank you for this. Thanks for it. coming all the way over here and, and, you guys are uh, awesome. and doing this. This was, uh, it was I'm glad. I'm glad we got to get this in. And I think I think it is one of those things that, you know, some people are going to hear this and relate to it in a pretty heavy way. And if there is anybody out there who is listening and you've had experience like this and you think that, you know, you you have an experience that turned out in a really sort of positive way and that, you know, you found a sort of path that that worked for you and your family um please reach out to me 100 percent, reach out to us and <laughs> let us like make that me. connection yeah because just to end on this note another reason why it was so important for me to talk about this is because like other diseases schizophrenia doesn't have that community mm-hmm. like you know there's movember for guys and there's you know run for the cure and breast cancer and you create that like mm-hmm. family with those people that are affected but with schizophrenia mm-hmm. it's like no one wants to admit it mm-hmm. so like don't be afraid to own it Mm-hmm. And yeah, reach out to me, please. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again. And thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back next week, as always, with another fascinating episode. And in the meantime, head on over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and leave us a rating and a review and subscribe to our podcast. Um, uh, we really appreciate it. And yeah, be a patron. You want to support us, Taylor? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go yeah, over idea. to patreon.com slash sickboy. And I mean, we're totally crushing it with Patreon. I'm a patron. Wanna... Oh, fantastic. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Well, there's at least one person that we love in here. <laughs> and uh, if you want us to give you our love, then you can give Give us some money on Patreon. Um, otherwise, we will withhold that love until then. <laughs> no, we won't. I heard. I actually heard that we were pretty close to meeting our second goal. And if we meet creepy. our, we are. If we meet our third goal, I heard that we were going to possibly do live recordings, video recordings of the episodes. Really? Oh my god! Of all episodes, was that a thing that we did when we first started Patreon? Is that on there? Uh, we we are, we we have the capability now to do it for our next live show, which we might actually do. Wonderful! Yeah, for, that's for our twenty dollars patrons for like like streaming, like live yeah, stream, live stream the show wherever you are. Well, look at that for twenty dollars patrons. Yep, that's right. Well, look at that. How about that? <laughs> and Fantastic. also live episodes when we hit the three thousand dollar a month time. Bingo! Episode. Because wow. then it's like we that's can afford to do it. Huge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that. Oh wait, give us some give us some thanks there, oh, Brian. Who are we feeling say, grateful for today? You know what? The music in this episode it's just so great. So and, good. You know the theme song in particular that was by Take Part. Mm-hmm. You can check them out, and they they have a 
a bunch of other awesome songs. Oh. Uh, I really like The Harbor is a great song. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've partied so hard to these guys. You can mm-hmm. only hear it if you go to take part in this.bandcamp.com and check out their music there. And then also, you know, we had a little bit of ad jingles in here for those those exceptionally funny ads and uh, and all of the the vocal effects on our voices to make us sound like really <laughs> is, am- amazingly That's happening right now, I hope. And, yeah. and like this, this, yeah. this, and these, these, these. You don't have to do that. Donovan will just do and that. And those. 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 But anyway, just want to say, Donovan Morgan, you're a legend, and we appreciate we love you. We love you so much, and we're so thankful for you, and we are so thankful for everybody else listening, too. That is it for this week. Love you all. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And, this- and I'm Marnie. Hey, this is so <laughs>